Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. My name is Alisa Palmer, and I'm the Artistic Director of the English section of the National Theatre School of Canada. Theatre is kind of the core and the heart of a lot of performing arts, and a lot of film and television work, a lot of it developed originally around the theatre arts. A lot of the core skills that we teach here are transferable to just about every other field. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? Artists are famously independent and entrepreneurial. In order to survive, they have often honed these incredible skills, which I think you talk a lot about in your coverage and your podcast. So people who come and train here, they also have careers as producers, as writers, as teachers, as community leaders, as politicians, lawyers. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Not joining me this time is our co-host, Fred Keating. I'm in Montreal, Canada, while Fred is back in Vancouver, Canada. He's gathering some other interviews for the podcast. While I'm here at the National Theatre School of Canada, I'm with Elisa Palmer. She's the Artistic Director of the English Section of the school. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Welcome to Montreal. Actually, I should say thank you for having me at your facility. This is a wonderful facility. Tell me about it. This building that we're in right now is one of the two campuses of the school. It's on Saint-Denis Street, and the other campus is the Monument National, which is a theater space that we have just about 15 minutes downtown. This space is a beautiful building. It's a big old heritage building in a beautiful corner of Montreal, right in the middle of the plateau, one of the gorgeous areas of our city. It houses theater spaces, studios, classrooms, laboratories, lighting laboratories, and two black box theaters. Fantastic. Right now we're in the cafeteria, but we're going to go for a little bit of a walk, a bit of a tour. So let's do that. And while we do this, tell me about the school. What happens here? Well, I think the question is what doesn't happen here? We have five programs in each section. There's two sections, first of all, which is one of the most unusual things about our school. We have an English section and a French section, and they're like mirror images of each other. There are five programs that cover some of the main disciplines in theater and performing arts. There's the acting program, the directing program, playwriting, production, which includes stage management, lighting and sound design, and projection design, and sonography, set and costume design, which is costumes and set for all kinds of performing arts. Okay, and we're actually walking up the stairwell now. Where are we going? Right now we're in the part of the building called the Annex, which was added on uh, later in the building's life, and it has endless stairways that go through three floors of studios and classrooms, rehearsal halls. We're just passing this screen here where all the students will be able to see what their schedule is for the day, and they can tap on it and get more information about where they should be at what time. This is our sound lab where we have we have work on voiceovers and recordings and where they get experience in that area of the performing arts, which is all recorded and commercial work. So technically, this isn't only theater, this is all aspects of performing arts. Well, it focuses on theater, and but what we have tended to understand is that theater is kind of the core and the heart of a lot of performing arts. And a lot of film and television work, a lot of it 
developed originally around the theater arts. So people in set and costume will also train for opera, designing for dance, where there are different specific needs. The theater actor will train for the stage, but she will also be able to do voiceovers, commercial work, screen work, TV, large stage, small stage, musicals, all that kind of thing. They're all related. And often what we find is that a lot of the core skills that we teach here are transferable to just about every other field. Artists are famously independent and entrepreneurial. In order to survive, they have often honed these incredible skills, which I think you talk a lot about in your coverage, in your podcast. So people who come and train here, they also have careers as producers, as writers, as teachers, as community leaders, as politicians, lawyers, like it goes on and on. The core values in the work that we do are transferable to just about every profession. I always recommend everybody to do an arts training. Once you've had theater training, you can do just about everything. If you have the courage to get through a program like this, oh, the sky's the limit. <laughs> okay, well, we saw that fantastic sound studio. Now we're walking up another stairwell. Where are we going? We're going up to the third floor where there's quite a bit of a prototype of classrooms. Actually, I'm not sure where we're going up. I think it's more habit now, because I usually spend, every day I come and check in on all the classes that happen throughout the building. And this is the sort of a route that I would walk where I would see, this is a one of our beautiful um, uh, studios. Here you can see somebody's preparing for a photo shoot for the students when they come in. This is a kind of a classic studio here. There's wood floors and the sound is different. I don't know if your listeners can tell the difference, but there's, the sound is less live. There's lots of wood. There's a ballet bar. And so this is one of the typical rooms that we have in our studio where the students come and train for acting, for movement, music, all sorts of things. Right, so we see the, the typical bars, like you said, as well as the mirrors against the wall. So this is really a classic rehearsal studio. Yeah, yeah, it is. We have the mirrors. This would be a, a kind of representative of some of the, the core training we do, where it's a fusion of creativity and technique. So we use a lot of the classical foundational work, like ballet or movement or mask for the acting training. But then we also have transformed the school to be responsive to other forms of theater that are developing. Ultimately, we're training actors to create a theater that we don't even know what it will be yet, a theater for the future. But we use the foundational work of the past, which has uh, so far never let us down. People have been saying, oh, theater's dead for about 2,000 years now. So <laughs> now we're talking about actors, but you also mentioned in the next room where we were peeking in that they're preparing for a photo shoot. So what's actually happening in there with photographers? Well, one of the things that we do at the school when they, people arrive is to get their uh, photo IDs. It's one of the beginning steps. It's a very basic step, but I always think of it as kind of the first step and the third year when they start to graduate, they have professional photos done by the same photographer, but it's the photograph that they're going to take out with them with their CVs. Okay, so here we're talking about the importance of headshots, right? Exactly. That's it. That's the lingo. So when they come into the school, they have a, a headshot, which is just internal for the school, and everyone is a bit uh, bunny in the headlights because they've just arrived and they've made a huge commitment by coming to the school. They've made a decision and a commitment to dedicate two to three years of their life in serious training to prepare for a career in the arts. And as they come out, they get another headshot, which is a professional headshot. And that's a completely different experience. After three years of training, these young people, they know who they are and you can see it in their eyes and they have a confidence to go out into the world and interface with the professional milieu. Now, of course, another aspect that's really important, in addition to the headshot, 
shot is the resume. Tell me about this. Well, that's one of the interesting discussions we have in our school because we have, as we said, we have five programs, so we support many different disciplines within theater. So the actor's resume is one thing, but a production resume is another, and a designer's resume is another. How do you capture the work of the capacity of a set designer in a typical resume. A list of titles isn't gonna necessarily do that. So we're trying to also figure out how do we create portfolios? How do we help students from different programs express what they need to express to a professional in a professional context? So they will be hired, they'll be engaged. The other thing we do, which I think is even more important than a resume, is um, our teachers here, unlike a university or a high school or another kind of school, our teachers are all practicing artists. They're all professional practitioners. So when you're working with your teachers here, you're working with people who are gonna be your employers or your colleagues or you'll be working and collaborating with them. So actually how you conduct yourself on a day-to-day basis is you're your own living resume. Well put. Now we just walked through another stairwell and I think our listeners could tell because the sound got very, very echoey there for a moment. And where are we going now? This is a room that's like, what do you call this? The gel library? The gel room. So this is, um, we have a little um, little rooms everywhere around the school, little cubicles. Every square inch of this, of this school has been transformed into something practical and useful. So this gel library is where all the lighting equipment, the gels, which are the colored film that goes in front of lighting instruments, basically to transform the image that the, that the lights project. And the fellow that we were just saying hello to over there is, uh, I suppose, a lighting expert. He's, he's a production student in second year. Are you in second year or third year now? Third year! He's on his way. He's on his way. That happens a lot where I see people for a, a short period of time and it feels like it's a long journey when you start because it's a big commitment, but uh, the time flies by. Now, I wanted to ask you, is that a separate learning track, or does everybody learn production? It's a separate learning track. For the most part, all of the programs fold into each other by the end of third year. For example, people come in and they audition or interview for their specialty, and then they have two years of classroom training, studio training, preparation, and in third year, all the students from the different programs are working together at our other location, at the Monument Nacional, putting plays on. And so there's a lot of overlap amongst the programs, but the disciplines are quite separate. And we barely even have enough time to really cover all those disciplines in the three years that are there. But in production, for example, when they come in, they study six different fields within production. Lighting, sound, projection design, production management, technical direction, and stage management. So within that one program is six disciplines. Fantastic. Now we're back in the cafeteria and we're going elsewhere. As we walk, tell me about the career potential for graduates of this school. Because, I mean, we've interviewed a couple and one very notable one was Benjamin Wheelwright, who's actually performing on Broadway as we speak. I imagine you're really proud of your graduates. I'm really proud of them and I'm always really impressed because um, I never know what they're going to be doing next. Which is to say, the training here prepares people for a professional career. When they leave the school, they're working. They're often working at the end of their second year in the summer times. But what we can't anticipate is what they're going to fully do through the arc of their career with the training that they start with here. Ben is a perfect example of somebody who was able to transform his training very quickly into an acting experience that's fantastic. Tasha Mumba, some of his classmates actually are in the same, um, 
the same kind of good fortune and hard work. Tasha Mumba is at the Shaw Festival. James Daly is at the Shaw Festival. Alex DeGiordi is another classmate who has a recurring role in a TV series, which is a whole other venture that we're really glad to prepare people for. Emma is from the year subsequent and she's creating her own piece based on some of the skills and techniques she learned here at the school and some things she learned about herself. She's creating a piece and traveling to India, exploring parts of her background and creating a show that's going to be co an international piece. So contrary to the stereotype of the starving artist, people actually live here and they're working. Yeah, I've joined the school about three years ago and prior to this I had a career as a freelance director. I ran a theater company, I worked around the country and in other places. And so when I came here and was invited to run the school, I feel like one of the most important things for me is that it's really important to work. I love working. I love the work I do. I'm passionate about it. And I'm very proud to make a living at doing what I am doing. So I treat the school kind of like an esoteric trade school. The material is esoteric. You know, the content is almost indescribable. But it's, it's really about hard work and discipline and comportment and professional standards and technique and all the things in your toolkit that you can leave with the school like you would in any other trade school. Fantastic. Now speaking of esoteric, tell me about this library. This library is one of the jewels in the crown. It's a, it's a quiet little jewel because it's a library, but <laughs> it's, uh, it is one of the biggest collections of theater and theater-related materials, including plays and design books in North America in English and French. It's an incredible, and what we have this beautiful, um, this beautiful library that's full, full, full of books and scripts, and then there's more that you can get access to that's stored elsewhere in the building that the librarians know where to find. I come down here and walk around the library just for inspiration and just look at some of these titles, and it's endless and peaceful, and you just dip into one of these books and you're fed, your imagination is fed. Awesome. We're approaching a room now that's a little bit less peaceful. What's going on here? This room is one of the uh, three theater spaces that we have in this building, on this campus, and it's called the Pauline McGibbon Room. For people who were at the school for many years before, it was room one. Right now they're doing, the French section production class is doing uh, something with lighting and projections and sound. So there's a group of students with their laptops in the semi-darkness trying out different ideas on how to, how to light a maquette, a little model of a, of a stage. These students really know what they're doing. Yeah, and they work all the time. I mean, I was just looking recently at our, uh, at our schedule here at the school for when the school is open. And the Monument Nacional is open 24 hours a day, it seems, or available to students 24 hours a day. And here, we start at 8 and go till midnight. So they know what they're doing, and they, they do it all the time. Now, we're back at the main foyer, and while we're here, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you see as some of the really important success attributes, really the personality attributes that cause people to embark on a career and have a successful career. For artists, or for anyone working in creativity and with creativity, I think there's this fantastic alchemy of massive ego and a desire to express yourself and share yourself, and an extraordinary humility. And those things go together, and that's part of a big part of what 
composes a professional comportment. You believe in yourself. You have to be very confident and you have to be really resilient and, and humble to know that if it doesn't work this time, it'll work the next time. Take yourself to task, hold yourself accountable. I find that our students are incredibly, uh, well, it's, it's redundant to say they're creative because they're all here because of their talent. But beyond that, they're accountable, responsible, self-motivated, self-scrutinizing. Part of the um, well, our, our programs are all different programs, but in each program we're all trying to encourage self-awareness, knowing yourself really well, because it's almost easier to develop talent or to support a talented person's abilities. But the real make or break is when the young artists learn about their weaknesses and their strengths and how to hold themselves accountable, really know who they are when they leave here. That's why their resume photos start to look so good. Now, when you're evaluating students at enrollment time, do you actually evaluate their personalities then? That's a really good question. Well, for the acting program, for example, I audition 400 people across the country. I do callbacks of 40 students. The big component of that is an interview where we have a conversation. The panel of assessors have a conversation with this individual. And I think it's true to say that we wouldn't be evaluating their personality, but I, would, I definitely am looking for people who are ready for this kind of challenge at this time in their life. Well said. What do you think of Plan Bs? <laughs> well, when I first took this position and I went on my first national tour, I put in the press release, I'm looking for young artists who are ambitious and for people with no plan B. Because for me, I remember when I was growing up, uh, my parents, like a lot of parents, were worried, terribly afraid that I was going to be a starving artist. They said, what's your plan B? What's your plan B? And I realized not only did I not have one, but if I had, it might have stolen some really valuable energy that I needed to be my engine to get me to where I needed to be. So I have kids now myself, and I, I really encourage parents, don't diffuse someone's dreams or their ambition with this notion of a plan B. You're just going to weaken their, their, their drive. This is a business where you really have to want it, correct? You have to want it, and when your, your observation about these students knowing what they're doing and working really intently, yeah, you have to want it, and then you have to do it. Fantastic. You know, we're just about up on time. Any other thoughts you want to get in here? For me, there are so many transferable skills in this art form of theatre. The heart of it is empathy, communication, things that are so critical to what we need in our, in our society now. For me, the arts is what helps our society be well and to open ourselves up to each other in the long term. So I, I wish everybody could come and study art and theater here at the school. Our people here are, are fantastic citizens. That's great. Thank you for allowing me to join you today. And thank you for this fantastic tour of the National Theater School of Canada. Next time you have to come back and come to the Monument National and see our productions on the stage. Next time we may do another episode in French, but I think I'm going to need to get better at French. I'm a little bit rusty. Ah, uh, pas de problème. On parle deux langues toujours. I said, no worries. We speak the two languages back and forth here all the time. You'll catch on. Ah, uh, c'est bon. Au revoir. Ah, very good. <laughs> Au revoir. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity. <laughs>